You can turn your Bibles this morning to Galatians chapter number four. How many of you enjoy this season, basically, Thanksgiving through uh, Christmas time? Say amen. 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 How many of you do? No, don't. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> uh, maybe there's some that uh, the, the hustle, the bustle, the uh, excitement, all of that, you know, that's, that's not for you. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you what, it is a fun time. It's an exciting time this season. It's just, it's just an enjoyable. You kind of, you feel the excitement in the air. And uh, there ought to be some excitement in the air. I'll tell you what, celebrating Christ's birth, you know, it's a reason to rejoice. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, uh, let me encourage you as I'm looking out. I know that it's a little rainy today. I know the, the mist is kind of hanging and a little bit overcast. But uh, we ought to be excited about the Lord. We ought to have a reason to smile. And uh, let me just say there's way too many frowns in the auditorium. Okay. Uh, It's starting to discourage me. Uh, And so let me just encourage you. A smile is free and you can give it to anybody. It doesn't cost anything. You can just let somebody know that you're having a good day and that things are all right, that God is still in control. And you kind of do that by putting a smile on your face. Somebody said smile, it will increase your face value. Amen. So it's a good thing to do. Let me encourage you, just smile. It, it would help me if it doesn't help anybody else. Uh, too many frowns. And, and I heard you all say amen, that you guys really like the special. And in my mind, I thought, well, I hope they like the message. Amen. Because it's, I, I don't know, it just seems like about half of you are mad this morning for some reason. I don't know why, but I, I, I know sometimes you're carrying a burden And uh, I don't know what those burdens are, but I want you to know God does. And you're in God's house this morning and God wants to feed your soul. He wants to give you strength for whatever it is you're going through. The burden you're carrying, the heartache you have, God knows about it and he's there for you and he wants to help you. And I believe God can do that through his word and the ministry that he has given to us in in the word of God, this quick and powerful. And this word can reach down into our hearts and feed our souls and strengthen our spirit in this world with all the heartache and trouble and tragedy that we face. We've got a God that's still on the throne and he's still in control. And I just want to give you that good news this morning. It had nothing to do with my message. This message this morning, you'll see we're in Galatians chapter, what did I tell you? Number four, Galatians chapter number four this morning. I want you to see we're kind of jumping the gun here. We're kind of getting a little bit early for Christmas, but we're coming into December and we're going to start out here. I want to speak to you this morning on God. God's timing, God's timing. We see in chapter four, verse number four, he says, but when the fullness of time was come, when the fullness of time was come, this time of year is full of change. We see the trees and all, they've just about all lost their leaves. We, we feel the cold weather setting in. It's starting to get cold enough. You start to feel it in your bones at, the, at nighttime and, and the, the things don't want to work so good. And, and you, just, you just get that, that chill and, and you know that kind of cold sets in. It kind of feels like, well... We've probably seen the last of our 60 plus days. It's cold setting in. Winter time is coming. You kind of start to see that. If you're like Miss Martha, you're looking for that white stuff to start flying. I don't know how many of you like snow and you're a little, you like, I asked God to let me be south of the Mason-Dixon line because I don't like bad weather. I don't like the snow. And uh, God allowed me to do that. But we still get some snow around here and maybe you enjoy that. You like snow? How many of you like snow? 
If it's going to snow, I think it ought to just snow enough to shut everything down. That's the way it ought to be. These little flurries here and there, just enough to make a mess, I'm not, I'm not into that. But if it's going to shut it down, that's fine with me. Let's have some snow and have some fun. We'll take the kids sledding, amen, uh, or, or skiing. That's even better. But uh, this time of year, all this change, the temperatures drop, cold weather's here, it's settled in, uh, the leaves are gone, and the kids are excited. They're already excited about Christmas. They saw those stockings hanging up here this morning, and they're looking forward to it. They're already thinking about what might be in that stocking. I want you to know my mom and dad always stuck fruit in my stocking. That was not what I wanted in my stocking. There was fruit on the counter, and I could have fruit anytime I wanted. <laughs> Actually, my parents wanted me to eat fruit, and they put fruit in my stocking. I don't know why they ever did that, but uh, I guess that's why they call them stocking stuffers. Amen. They just stuffed it up with stuff. But you're looking forward to that, the kids, the excitement about Christmas and what they might get. You know, this, this time of year kind of, it, it encapsulates or puts within us the idea of the progression and the passing of time as one season gives way to the next, as we see the change in the weather and the change in the air. That passing of time, I'm thankful this morning that although uh, time passes, that we've got a God that doesn't change. The seasons change, but God doesn't change. I'm thankful this morning that we have the word of God that doesn't change. And we have that and we can rely upon it. But we see here that God is in control of time. I want to just talk to you a little bit this morning about God's timing and maybe apply it to our lives. God's timing. You see, God is in control of time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse number 1 says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. God has established and put time in space. God has established the seasons. God has made a season of life that's built and designed for certain things. There's a time or a season of life that you would expect to experience or be involved in some things. And then as life progresses, that season is passed for you. You're probably, uh, a lot of you in here probably weren't playing football on Thanksgiving. Your, your days of getting to pick up football game out back, those are done. You know, we, yeah, we used to do that every Thanksgiving, get, get whoever's there, let's go out and play a game of football. And it was tackle football. And, uh, you know, it wasn't supposed to be, you're supposed to be like two hand touch, but it turned into tackle pretty quick, you know, get all these guys together. And that was, and we had a great time, you know, we we're just praying nobody goes away injured. But the seasons of life, they, one thing leads to the next. I want you to know that God's in control of time. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He hath made everything beautiful in His time. It's God's time. In the book of Genesis, He established time when He established day and night. That passing of day and night is what gives to us the passing of time as, as day gives way to night and night gives way to day. And we see that 24-hour period given to us by God establishing for us the progression and the passing of time. He has set the seasons in order. You know, it is amazing that, as I mentioned today with Caleb, I mean, 14 years old, how, how in the world... He, he was born here. We were part of Hunt Valley Baptist Church. And, and, you know, just how can he be 14? 
I mean, I remember when he wasn't even here and, and his older sister, we were carrying into church in a car seat, you know, and uh, then when Melissa finally started walking and she would waddle, you know, she had that waddle, she would waddle around the auditorium and she would go talk to everybody. Melissa didn't know any strangers. She would just go talk to anybody. They called her the ambassador of Hunt Valley because whoever came in, she would waddle up to him and try and talk, you know, and uh, so, you know, but just the passing, the progressing of time, those seasons, they show us that how one season gives way to the next. I do like it here where we live. I like this area of the country. I, I, I just, I like it that we experience the seasons, that, that, you know, summertime gives way to fall. And we get to experience fall and, and the beautiful changing of the leaves and, and, and that, the leaves start falling and they're all laying on the ground and you've got to rake them up and all that work. And, and then fall gives way to winter. Winter gives way to spring and spring to summer. And, and those seasons are how God has given us a, the ability to watch the passing of time, to gauge the progression of the years that seem to pass so fast. God is in control of time, but I want you to understand that he is not controlled by time. He, in fact, controls time. In matter of fact, in the, in the word of God, you remember Joshua was going into battle and he said, man, I'm not sure we're going to be done whipping these guys by the end of the day, Lord. We could use a little more time. God, could you, could you cause the sun to stand still for a little while? How many of you ever wished you had more than 24 hours in a day? <laughs> <laughs> you needed a few more hours to get done what you needed to get done. And Joshua asked God, God said, okay, well, I'll give you more than 24 hours today. We're going we're gonna to pause the sun and the moon for a few minutes, and we're going to give you a, a little bit more time. God is in control of the time. Beloved, he's not controlled by time, but we are. We understand that our days are numbered, that our time on this earth from the moment that we're born, our days are numbered. God knows exactly how many days we're going to be here on earth. Those things are all in his control, and the timing of those things are in his hands. Sometimes we look at somebody, and especially those that are still in their youth, if God sees fit to take them home, we look at it and say, boy, they, they died before their time. But not really, because God's in control of the time. Their, their time that they were here or supposed to be here on earth, whether it's a short life or a long life, that time was established by God. God know, controls it, and we know that our days are numbered. We only have a set amount of time here on earth, and beloved, our time management or lack of it is going to have a great impact on our life. We are governed by dates and deadlines. How often are we thrown by the unexpected? The unexpected comes into our lives and our whole schedule gets messed up. I mean, something as mundane as a traffic jam. All of a sudden, the schedule that we had, the, the time that we had allotted for one event or another has been all thrown off. We, we govern our lives by times, you know, a long line at the TSA and now you missed your flight. And you missed your flight, so you missed your connection. You missed your connection, so your ride at the other end is not going to be there. I mean, it's one thing after the next. Our, our lives are, are so structured by time. That's why they say you should get on island time. <laughs> wow. 
I don't, <laughs> I, I don't do well on island time. Uh, I, uh, I remember going to Trinidad and uh, being there with our missionary brother Hofmeister, man, and I'll tell you, nothing happens fast on the island. It's just the way it is. I mean, you, you go in to grab a cup of coffee, you're going to be there 25 minutes. And then you get your cup. And... <laughs> And then you get to sit down, and I mean, it's just island time, and in my mind, I'm like chomping at the bit. I'm like, what are we doing? We got stuff to do. We got to go, and, and a little bit of American culture has kind of got us a little bit tight with our time. I don't know that that's necessarily bad, but it certainly governs our days, doesn't it? It controls our actions, our steps. Our knowledge of our time is limited. Because time is such a finite or uh, uh, a number that we look at and it governs our days and controls our time, we understand that things are rooted in a beginning and in an end, that there's a start and that there's a finish. I mean, this message started and some of you are wondering when it's going to end. You're looking for the other side of it already. You're, you're praying God. Even, even so, come quickly. Amen. We, we understand that there's a beginning and the end. It's our privilege as God's created beings to know about eternity. Although our days here on earth are numbered, God in His infinite wisdom has chosen to give to us in His Word... Knowledge of eternity. You know, it's something that's written on the heart of men. If you look down through history and even now in many parts of the world, the, the varied beliefs that are out there with regards to what happens after death. You see, there's something in the heart of man that says there's got to be something more. This can't be all there is. And, and, and they desire or long to look for or believe in something that happens once the body perishes. But God in his infinite wisdom has given us the facts regarding eternity. And we know that eternity is coming and our timed life is but a small picture of that window of eternity. Although we're currently bound by time, I want you to know we were created for eternity. It is God's plan that he wants all of his creation, his people to be with him in eternity. So shall we ever be with the Lord? That's what God wants. One of the glorious truths of the gospel is that because of Christ, we don't have to fear eternity. But we can look forward to it with as much anticipation as a child does Christmas morning. We can look forward to eternity, excited about the day that we are reunited with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Knowing that the greatest portion of our existence is beyond the valley of the shadow of death. There is a well-known author that wrote a book entitled, Your Best Life Now. And I understand the idea behind the title. But beloved, I hope that the best life that I have is not now. I'm looking forward to then. I'm looking forward to heaven. I'm looking for the best life that I'll have when I'm in eternity. 
when the believer comes to the truth that he is aware of eternity, he begins to live with eternity in view. Beloved, God is not, ex- not surprised by unexpected events. He not only knows the when, but he knows the why. You've heard it said that, has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurred to God? You know, because he knows. He is in control of time. He has established it. He is not bound by a beginning or an end, for he always was and always will be. In Genesis, when he said, in the beginning, he was describing our beginning. Because he was already. And he always was. That is why, beloved, the Bible describes that a day is as a thousand years. And a thousand years as a day with God. In our minds that are so controlled by time, we can't even hardly understand that. We try and figure it out and our mind gets wrapped around in quantum theory. Right? You say, no, I don't even go there. (laughs) Well, that great author, C.S. Lewis, gave a description of this. And it might help you to be able to picture it. He said, God is not hurried along in the time stream of this universe any more than an author is hurried along in the imaginary time of his own novel. I mean, you think about that. The writer of the novel can, in a paragraph, traverse 500 years if he wants. And then he can come back. Time means nothing to him in his book. Sometimes you sit down to read a book and it may take three or four weeks to read. But the scope of time covered in the book was only 10 days of somebody's life. You see, time is no, there's no constraint in that. And that's how God views time. Because God is in control of time. I want you to know that God's timing is always right. God is in control of time, and his timing is always right. He says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. What a glorious truth. But you see, the Bible says when the fullness of time had come, when God established and said, this is the time, this is when, you know, sometimes my kids will say, you know, are we going to, they're not so bad anymore because my youngest is 14. But especially when they were younger, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to go over to so-and-so's house on Monday. So Monday morning, the first thing when they get out of bed, are we going over there yet? No, no, it'll be later today. And two, t- 10 o'clock in the morning, are we, are we going to leave yet? No, it's late. It's going to be after lunch. Soon as we eat lunch, they aren't even done putting their fork down. Are we leaving to go over to the friend's house yet? I mean, they're looking for it. They're looking for the time. When, when is it going to be? When is it going to be? God said, when the fullness of time had come, when, when it had arrived, I look at my son and say, okay, now's time. Let's load up in the car. We're going to grandma's house or we're going to the friend's house or whatever. That time has arrived. Well, God said, hey, the fullness of time had come. The time had arrived. For my son to be sent to earth. God sent his son. I want you to know the gift of God's son was given at the perfect time. We celebrate his birth on December 25th. We don't know exactly when or what the date was that he was born. But I suppose that the exact date is not as important as the fact that we know he was born. 
There are many people, especially in other parts of the world, where doctors and facilities are, are not as uh, fastidious as they are here, and people are born, and they don't know the date. They don't actually have a birth certificate that tells them the date they were born, but there's no question in their mind they were. <laughs> so we don't know the exact date, but on December 25th, we, we celebrate Jesus' birth, and I think it's a pretty good thing for us to celebrate the gift of Jesus Christ to the world, to celebrate his birth. There's been many scholars that have established great, long, and flowing arguments as to why God should have come at some other time in history. Like, for instance, now. They'd say, well, why wouldn't God send Jesus right now? I think about the uh, easiest way to, to get the message out to the whole world. I mean, we have the, the Internet, and you could tell the whole world about Jesus in, in just a moment. But you see, God knew the best time. There's also scholars that have sat down and written long, written long flowing arguments as to why the time that Christ came was the best time. But you know what? I really don't need their arguments. I really don't need their explanation as to why the date that Christ came was the best date. Because I have God's word on it. God said, when the fullness of time had come... When the day had arrived, it was time for Jesus' birth, and so he sent his son. I want you to know the timing of Christ's delivery to the earth was the correct time. I believe it. And it really doesn't matter what man's arguments, one way or the other, try and prove. Because I have faith in what God said. And could I encourage you this morning, if your faith in what God said is not that strong, could I ask you, could I encourage you to ask God to strengthen your faith? Because I don't need man's validation to tell me this book is true. God has given me enough faith to trust what he said. I have a more sure word. Somebody's arguments may say this is incorrect and somebody else's arguments may say it is correct. But neither one of them matter to me because the word of God is true. Let God be true in every man a liar. God's word is true, and I have it on, God, on good authority. That is, the author of the book and the creator of the universe and the savior of my soul. He said when the fullness of time had come, when the day that Jesus was supposed to be here, he was here right on time. After 400 silent years, God broke the silence with the birth of his son. The one who would provide salvation to the world. It was a time when Greek culture had covered the world that language, which there has never been another language that could so succinctly tell of Christ's birth, that could so clearly be used to pin the pages of the New Testament. It was a time of Roman Empire was spreading across the globe and the establishment of the Roman roads, those roads that would take Christ to the cross would also take the cross to the world. I want you to know that not only was his birth at the perfect time, but I want you to know that his return will be at the perfect time as well. Because God is in control of time and we look for his return. I'm looking for his return today. 
I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I'm ready for the Lord to come back. I got some bills I don't want to pay. <laughs> and if the Lord would come back, I could say good riddance, hallelujah. Uh, I don't have to pay him. I got, I got some ailments. This, these are annoying. I can't wait till I get to heaven and don't need glasses. But you know what? This is, this is so small compared to some of the, the aches and pains that some of you at, at your age, you, you're dealing with day by day. I mean, you talk to me and tell me how, man, it's just hard just to get out of bed. The, the bones don't want to work and the pains are everywhere. And, and you just say, man, I'm looking forward to heaven. When all the pains are gone. Being reunited with loved ones and friends that have gone on before and seeing the face of our Savior. Even so, Lord, come quickly. We look at it and say, man, we're looking for his return. And we say, Lord, why, why wouldn't you come back right now? I mean, you look at the world and the, the mess and all of the, the way this world just defies God. The way the world mocks and makes fun of God. You look at it and you wonder why there isn't more lightning from heaven striking some people down. You think, Lord, why would you have so much mercy and grace? But then I look at myself and I say, thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace. Amen. Thank you for your grace. Boy, I appreciate it. But that guy, he needs to be, you know, we look at everybody else and they need it, right? But, man, God knows when the time's going to come that his return will be. Right on time. We know he's going to come again. First Thessalonians 5 verses 1 and 2 says, But of the times and the season, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Hey, he's going to come when you least expect it. He's going to come when everybody says maybe we'll look at it and say, oh, it's too late. He probably missed the date. Right. We, we look at it and say, oh, man, it's things are so bad. It's it's it can't get any worse. Whatever. We'll look and think he's not going to come now. And then God's going to come and it'll be the perfect time. Could I just tell you this morning? I know we've got a lot of different people in here. If there's anybody that says. That they know when Jesus is coming. Just mark it down. They're a liar. Because this book tells us very clearly that no man knoweth the day or the hour. Any man that says, hey, Jesus is coming on December 18th or January 12th, whatever. If they want to give you a date, it's just they don't know what they're talking about. They could get into the scripture and talk about all these numbers and 17 people's brothers, uncles that, uh, you know, if you take these dates and those dates and you minus these dates and you have the Maya calendar and, and you subtract this from that. And, and there was an explosion in outer space sometime in the, in the past and they give you all this stuff. It's just a bunch of junk. No man knows the day or the hour. Don't don't buy into it. Don't don't even, don't even listen to somebody like that, because obviously they don't they're not telling you the truth. We know that there's signs in the air, but we don't know when it'll be. The songwriter said, years of time have come and gone since I first heard it told. How Jesus would come again someday, if back then it seemed so real, then I just can't help but feel how much closer his coming is today. Signs of the times are everywhere. There's a brand new feeling in the air. Keep your eyes upon the eastern sky. Lift up your head. Redemption draweth nigh. Wars and strife on every hand and violence fills the land. 
Still, some people doubt he'll ever come again, but the word of God is true. He'll redeem his chosen few. Don't lose hope soon. Christ Jesus will descend. Hey, the signs of the times are everywhere, but you know what? He's going to come at just the right time. We know that. He's going to come at the right time, not early and not late. His timing is perfect in everything, even in our own lives. Because he's going to come and we don't know when, then we've got to be about sharing the light of the gospel with this dark world. If we're truly truly living with eternity in view, then that's what we'll be doing. And I tell you lastly this morning that God's time for you is now. God's time for you is now. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 2, he says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You see, beloved, because we don't know the day or the hour. We don't know when God's going to come back. He may choose to come back before December 25th this year, before we have an opportunity to give the kids the, the stockings that we hung up here and filled up. He may come back. We don't know how much longer he's going to tarry. We've only got a limited amount of time, and we don't know the day or the hour, so you must be saved before that time has come. It's a deadline that you don't want to miss. God has tarried his coming for some reason. Maybe he tarried his coming so you would have opportunity to trust him. Second Peter 3, 9 and 10 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. You see, that day's coming. We don't know when. But God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What I'm asking you this morning is, have you done that? Has God tarried his coming so you would have opportunity to trust Christ as your Lord and Savior? So you could be safe in the fold and be united with him forever in eternity. God wants you there. We've got to repent and come to him today. Accepting the gift of God's son. Listen, in God's perfect time, he sent his son. In God's perfect time, Jesus is going to come again. And you and I have right now, this window of time, to do something about it. You individually need to be prepared. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and asked him to forgive you of your sins? Every single person here needs to be sure that you've done that. Make sure that God may be tarried his coming so you would have a chance to come to him. But also, beloved, we have a responsibility to share the light of the gospel in this dark world while we still have time because the night cometh when no man can work and what I want to exhort and encourage you that we've only got a little time left in this year 
We don't know how much time we have left in our own lives. We don't know how much time we have till God comes back. But whatever time there is, we need to do something with it. We need to do something of value with it. If I came to you today and told you that the doctor called me and told me that you have five days to live, what would you do with that time? I think there's some things in our life that we get so consumed with and so worried about and burdened over that those would just pass away. That doesn't, those things are not even that important. Listen, I've only got five days to live, so what's important to me? Well, those things are still important because we don't know how many days we have. We don't know how many days until the Lord comes back. We don't know how many days until he calls us home. So could I encourage you today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, get that settled today. And could I encourage you, Christian, today to use the time you have to do something worthwhile for God. Only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. Would you stand to your feet with your heads bowed and your eyes closed? I'm going to ask the pianist to come and play an invitation song this morning. There's an old song we sang every Sunday growing up. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. I'm going to ask the pianist to play that. Thou art the potter and I am the clay. Mold me and make me. Could you let the Lord have his way in your heart today? Christian, are you doing all that you can for God in the time that you have? Are you making the most